So there's a lot of businesses out there that still have not been able to adapt and the end of the concessions and the cash flow lifelines is going to be really critical for them and, and may even be terminal. Welcome to the business behind your business, conversations to help your business grow and thrive. Hi, I'm Paul Sweeney, founder of Predium Solutions, chartered accountants and certified business advisors, hosting the business behind your business. Hi, it's Paul Sweeney here, um, chartered accountant and certified business advisor. And we're talking about the end of JobKeeper. So we're now in March 2021, and notably the JobKeeper assistant, that finishes on the 28th of March. So that's the last week of JobKeeper. So with the end of JobKeeper approaching now, uh, a lot of those businesses that are still meeting the criteria to be eligible for JobKeeper and other tax concessions, those things are going to be phased out. So what do we need to do to prepare ourselves beyond March? Now, if you're not on JobKeeper at the moment, then there's a good chance you've already gone through this exercise of planning what you need to do. So uh, you may already be well prepared, but there are a few things we're going to consider uh, and talk about here because coming up to the end of March, it might not just be a case of your business is ready, but what about your suppliers and customers? So we're going to have a look at that. Now, so if we go back 12 months ago at the beginning of the lockdown and all the COVID trading conditions that we encountered, um, the Chartered Accountants uh, Australia New Zealand came up with 10 key business and tax impacts that arose from this coronavirus situation that really affected business conditions. In fact, Michael Kroger, the Australian tax leader at Chartered Accountants Australia New Zealand, um, made the statement that coronavirus is proving a particularly difficult challenge for many Australian businesses given lingering uncertainty on the duration and extent of the outbreak. Now, that lingering uncertainty, that lingering challenge is still there because businesses continue to face challenges. And once the stimulus measures are turned off, those challenges will be there. And in fact, some of them are going to be quite difficult to overcome. For a lot of businesses, their cash flow has been depleted over the last 12 months. And getting refinance or short-term cash flow funding can be difficult for small and medium businesses, particularly when we have the current environment we have today. So some of your businesses will have your suppliers and your customers also affected. So maybe there are going to be some issues there. So there's a number of specific issues that um, chart accountants identified back at the beginning of coronavirus trading conditions. And, and that included things like managing your workforce, how do you manage the downturn, looking at your supply chain, how are travel restrictions affecting you? Uh, how do they affect your business? What's your online strategy? How do you deal with compensation receipts? And, and particularly looking at insurance um, implications and um, you know, having to refund to customers, those sorts of things. What are your finance commitments? Can you get short-term and intermediate finance to help you get through that situation? Are you having finance obligations that you're not able to continue to meet? Do you need to vary your tax instalments because your income is going to be lower and and your profit's going to be lower, therefore your tax is going to be lower. Have you varied those instalments? Have you kept up to date with your tax payments? Do you have payment arrangements in place? How are they going to be affected? And did you access any government support? So did you get the cash flow boost, JobKeeper, or any of the state incentives such as payroll tax concessions or some of the localised government grants? So the federal government came up with their response to coronavirus and it contained a number of temporary, a number of temporary tax measures to support prim primarily investment in business and 
keep businesses afloat, keep businesses employing um, their staff and, and keep functioning during this period, particularly the, the early period where we had lockdowns uh, nationwide and trading was difficult. Um, making sure that we held on to our workforce, kept employing people, and, and they still had money to spend throughout the economy. So there were a number of measures. So JobKeeper is the, probably the most well-known cash flow boost for employers. But we also had uh, increased asset write-off available, and that's been extended with the immediate expensing of, um, of assets. And there were, there were also payroll tax concessions and some grants for local communities. So I think it's about $267 billion was provided by the federal government in direct support uh, under their recovery plan. The Australian economy is rebounding pretty strongly and uh, the state governments have also come to the party with, with some payroll tax concessions and other access grants for small businesses, in particular industries affected like tourism uh, and certain regional areas particularly. Now, it has provided some beneficial outcomes for some businesses. And look, a lot of businesses have actually benefited from this situation because it's been a catalyst for businesses to change the way they do things, to closely examine how they operate, who they transact with, and how efficient and profitable their business is. And there's been a lot more focus on businesses actually planning creating strategy, actively managing that strategy, and you know, looking where sales are being made to, who are your customers, who are your markets, how do you supply to them, where do you get your um, products from, your services from, where are you being supplied from, and just re-engineering how business is done. And cash flow has always been a key to this. Uh, a key to businesses remaining resilient is how you manage your cash flow. And the government came to the party by providing a lot of stimulus in the form of cash flow for employers, particularly, but also some indirect incentives as well. So how effective we recovered depends on how effective we managed our businesses during this last 12 months, but also how we're gonna manage it after JobKeeper finishes, so in the next 12 months as well. So there's a lot of businesses out there that still have not been able to adapt and the end of the concessions and the cash flow lifelines is going to be really critical for them and, and may even be terminal. Now, that, that is a concern and we need to be um, mindful of that in not just you know, who we deal with, but how we plan for our business future. So we have this environment still where we have a lot of uncertainty about what's going to happen. We don't know how effective the vaccines are going to be. We don't know when the borders are going to reopen. We don't know when supply chains are going to improve. We still have a lot of uncertainty. We also don't know what the government's going to be doing in terms of the tax uh, environment we're going to work in and whether some of these concessions are going to be extended. But there are aspects of our business we do have control over, and that's what we should be focusing on as well. We have control over how we run our businesses, where we spend our money, how we target our sales, what our strategy is. So we're still operating in an environment where there's a lot of variables we can't control, but there is much about the way we do our business that we can control and we can make strategic decisions and implement those to create a better business. Uh, what we need to avoid though in this situation is what is fear because fear actually prevents us from acting. Fear prevents us from you know, taking opportunities and, and, and capitalizing on them. Fear prevents us from responding the way that we should. 
Uh, and so a lot of those issues that we, we came across when COVID first came in and we needed all those concessions, a lot of those weren't within our control. But how we dealt with them was um, to a degree, you know, how quickly we responded, how quickly we got advice, how quickly we made changes. But a lot of the things uh, that we've encountered in that period weren't in our control. But we can increase our understanding, we can increase our control of our business and in our, and our environment by understanding what the new conditions are, what the new environment is, what the new rules are for business. You know, understanding what environments we're operating in and what our markets are. So when we knew, know those things, we can actually decide with a lot greater clarity about what directions we're gonna take, what strategies we're gonna implement, and the actions we're going to take, what resources we need, how we're gonna manage our workforce, how we're gonna manage our cash flow. We can be more purposeful, more deliberate in our decisions and actions. So we're looking at this new environment, a lot of the focus has been on JobKeeper finishing. But tied in with the JobKeeper end date is a number of other concessions that are gonna be phased out or, or cut off straight away. And some of those concessions are the payroll tax concessions that tied in with JobKeeper. Um, and so they'll be coming to an end, but you need to check whether you've claimed those exemptions that have been provided by the state governments. Have you claimed them correctly? Have you kept up with all the, the required lodgements to make sure that you're claiming those exemptions and you don't miss out? You need to make sure of that, but also bear in mind that uh, during this period, um, some of the state governments have actually changed the payroll tax rules. Um, so in New South Wales, the rates come down from 5.45% to 4.85%, and that's from the 1st of July 2020 until the end of Ju June 2022. And the payroll tax threshold, where you start to pay to payroll taxes, that's gone up from $1 million to $1.2 million from the 1st of July 2020, which is just gone. So there are some concessions that have come out of this uh, COVID trading period, which will actually help your business. I mentioned before that governments are trying to encourage spending and investment, which sort of kickstarts the economy. You know, if you're spending money with another business, they've got revenue coming in. They can continue to employ. So it's that uh, multiplier effect where if you spend $1, somebody else will spend a dollar and so on and so on and, and so you know you spending one dollar may not seem like a lot but it, it has a, an effect of maybe six to eight dollars being spent in the economy so the federal government wants us to open our wallets and invest um, so it's in uh, you know legislated things like the immediate asset write-off uh, where we had the 100 percent deduction for the cost of eligible depreciating assets for small medium businesses now those new assets must be held or ready for use under these new immediate expensing rules yeah, prior to 30 June 2022. And you do have to be carrying on a business. So there are a few ways we can capitalize on that. You know, a small business with turnover under $5 billion uh, can take advantage of these immediate expensing of asset rules. And if you're a, a larger business, yeah, there's an alternate test where, where your income, so your income, not your turnover, is under $5 billion. Uh, and so where is that going to be helpful? So one of the things I mentioned is a lot of businesses have had their cash flow depleted, their stores of cash depleted. So how are they going to invest in these assets? Well, they're going to need finance. Now, is finance going to be available? That's the next question that we need to answer. But what's the effect of, of doing this? So if you're an, a, a business owner and you get an immediate deduction for buying an asset and that asset might be $100,000, 
What's the advantage to you if your profit, apart from buying that asset, is only $50,000? You've now got a $50,000 loss. How does that help you? Well, it helps is that you've got a new asset, which is hopefully going to help you produce more efficiently, uh, better quality, less breakdowns, easier to manage, less costly to run. So there are advantages, and that should also drive your decision to, to buy new assets. Um, you should actually think about what's the business case for me buying this asset, not just the tax incentive that I'm getting from it. Now, the tax incentive also comes in here because by creating a loss, Normally, we have this situation where a company can only carry forward the loss and, and apply that against future income. One of the other rules that's coming is this tax loss carryback offset. And what that means is if your company, now this is only available for companies, companies that have achieved a loss. Uh, so if you've got uh, an income tax liability from having a taxable profit in either the 2019, 2020 or 2021 income years, and then in a following year, you make a tax loss, you may be able to claim back some of the tax you've paid on those profitable years. Um, so there's a refundable tax offset um, up to a maximum amount of the previous tax liabilities that you've paid. Now, to be eligible for this, you've got to have less than $5 billion in turnover. And for most small businesses, that's, there's no problem in um, meeting that criteria. Uh, that's in the year of the loss, okay? And given that trading conditions have been less than favorable, in the year of the loss, your, your revenue would be expected to be lower. Uh, so that lo the loss years that are eligible are 2020, 2021, and 2022. And this loss can be applied or carried back and applied against prior years income tax liabilities for 2019, 2020, and 2021. Uh, now the offset is limited to how much you've paid, and, and your franking account balance also has an effect on that. And the measure only came in though, this is a catch, on the 1st of January, 2021. So when do you claim it? Okay, we, we said that one of the eligible years is that if you had a loss in 2020, you can apply that against a 2019 profit. But when you claim it is through your tax return in the 2021 and 2022 tax years, when you lodge those returns. So you will need to get your 2021 tax return lodged quickly. If you have a loss in 2021, or you had a loss in 2020, and you want to apply, if you want to carry back that loss against 2019 profits and, and recoup some of that tax you've already paid. So you're going to need to get your tax return in very quickly after the end of June 30 um, to get access to that cash flow as soon as possible. Now, there's some other things that have happened at the same time. So there were some insolvency reforms, um, particularly during COVID, which sort of prevented people from um, taking insolvent action and making claims against creditors for non-payment. And there's been a lot of reform um, coming up. It's trying to simplify costs of, and red tape, helping small business recover. Now, these measures only apply to companies that have liabilities of less than a million dollars. And, th and they're quite... Uh, well, they are detailed. Whenever we have simple measures, they do tend to get a bit detailed into how they work, and they come in as well. Now, they include things like debt restructuring rules and a simplified liquidation process. And, and one of the issues we need to be aware of is that your business might not be uh, insolvent or having difficulty, but what about your customers? What about your suppliers? 
I'm going to come back to that this, this point, but your suppliers and customers affect how your business trades. A couple of other things that are, that are in, in the pipeline is that the super guarantee rate that, you know, as an employee, you pay 9.5% superannuation on your employees' wages. That rate is legislated to go up to 10% on the 1st of July 2021, and you'll gradually increase to 12% by 1st of July 2027. Now, that, that increase has already been legislated. So unless things change, the rate that you're paying for super guarantee for your employees will go up to 10% on the 1st of July 2021. Now, we could expect a change um, to that rule. The federal budget scheduled for 11th of May may change that, but any deferral will need um, an amendment to the legislation that will need both um, parties to, to work together to get that through. So there were a lot of things to consider in the last 12 months and we've still got, we've still got work to do. We've still got work to do because we're not out of this situation now. There are a lot of things that we had to look, we had to manage our workforce, we had to manage the downturn, manage our supply chain, deal with different travel environments, adapt, modify our online strategy, uh, look at our finance, our cash flow, look at our tax payments and, and access the government support that we could. Now, when we started this process, there were, there were a number of things that were critical. So there are a number of things that are critical to coming through this as, as a successful business and moving beyond COVID to the next period and, and remaining successful, continuing to be profitable, continuing to grow. And, and, and one of the first things you've got to do, the most critical thing is managing cash flow. You've got to manage your cash flow. Now that could be yeah, cutting back the number of subscriptions you have in your business, cutting back some of your expenses. A lot of people are working from home, so how do you get out of your rental agreement? Because rent's a big cost for a lot of small businesses. Look at your workforce. Who do you actually need? Uh, that is a, 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 a critical thing to consider with JobKeeper being turned off for some businesses that are still dependent on it. They may not be able to afford to continue to, to keep those employees in place. What's the effect of that, though, on your, on your sales and your cash flow? So we need to consider those things. Um, can we change our financing? Can we renegotiate to a better finance arrangement where our, our repayments are lower each month? So there are a lot of things that we can do and you should be discussing this with your accountant and your business advisor uh, to make sure that you're on top of this and you manage it proactively. So you should be reviewing your finance, you should be reviewing your plans um, and, and what are you spending? What's unnecessary? What can be deferred? Can you t is your spending gonna be matched by a tax incentive? There are a lot of things to consider in here, but cash flow management and monitoring are crucial. And communication, we need to keep communicating, not just with our employees, uh, but we need to keep communicating with our suppliers and our customers. And the amount of online communication through webinars and Zoom and uh, direct mail and Facebook posts and social media has increased and a lot more people have moved to an online environment where their interactions with their customers are more online. Um, but you do need to keep communicating with your customers. Let them know what products you've got available. Let them know if there's an issue with, issue with supply so you're not creating a bad experience for your customers so they're still loyal to you. Keep communicating with the Australian Taxation Office and the government. Uh, look, if you've got a payment arrangement in place, uh, or you, you must keep complying with it. If there's an issue, you need to talk to the ATO straight away. If you don't have a payment arrangement in place, if you've got arrears of tax uh, lodgements or payments, you need to speak to the ATO right away. Don't delay that. Get on the phone and talk to them now and get something in place because on the 1st of April this year, things are going to change.
you need to be on top of communications with the ATO. And you should always be communicating regularly with your accountant and um, you may also uh, be wise to speak to your business lawyer about this as well. So you need to know as well what your current position is. You need to understand your numbers, so you should be keeping your accounting uh, records up to date. You should know whether you're making a profit, you should know where, what your cash flow is gonna be, what sales are coming in, and, and whether you've got a loss position that you should use against prior to profits like we talked about in this loss carryback. Understand what your business position is, understand what they mean. What do your numbers mean? If you don't know the answer, talk to your accountant, and find out, get them to explain it to you. You need to know what your numbers mean as a business owner. Now planning is always important and it's never too late to plan. It's never too late to create a plan for how you're gonna move forward. Uh, what do you need to be doing right now? What resources do you need? In very simple terms, what are the three things that you need to be focusing on in the next 90 days that are crucial for your business? What's gonna help you generate more sales? what's gonna help you improve your cash flow, what resources do you need? So create a very simple plan. Uh, if you need help with that, then talk to your accountant and your advisor because they're experienced and qualified people that can help with that process. They can help you cut through uh, all the confusion, all the, all, the, all the mystery, and just make it a very simple process for you. So once you've got your plan, the next key thing you've got to do is you've got to implement it. If there's no point having a plan if you don't implement, so you've got to make sure that happens. And, and this is where accountability helps, making sure that you actually implement, you act on what you say you're going to do. You've got to get it done. You've got to make sure that the plans you make are implemented, because if you don't implement, they're going to be in the same situation or worse, three, six, nine months down the track. Make sure that your plans are working, uh, review the results. Make sure that the results you're getting are what you expected. If they're not, you're gonna to have to adjust your plan and move forward. So it's not just those things that you need to take into account. It's not just the cash flow, it's not just your profit. You've gotta think of the future and put in place a plan to make sure you continue to have good sales, you continue to have good cash flow, and then also you need to make sure your suppliers continue to supply. So who are they? Who are your suppliers? Where are they based? Where are they based? And where do they? Where do your suppliers source their products from? Your supplier might be in Australia, but they might be sourcing their supply of products from China, Thailand, uh, overseas. We've had this situation of multiple business owners having had the supply of their product delayed. And we're talking delays of two, three, six months. Now that makes it very difficult to sell. So a lot of supply um, businesses have had to source alternate suppliers from uh, local, uh, local manufacturers, local uh, businesses, and that's been good. That's been good. They found an alternate supply. They've also helped by investing and spending in a local business, creating more money in the local economy, and that's been great. But where is your supply coming from? You know, there are a lot of products and spare parts that are just simply not available at the moment because although we've got a fairly uh, robust situation here and we've got good um, you know, COVID control and with vaccinations about to happen, um, we, you know, we've got pretty good levels of freedom for business. Um, we can trade as close to normal as we can, but in other countries that's not the case. So production is still limited and restricted. 
So if your supply is coming from overseas, you need to keep a close eye on that. Be very careful monitoring what's going on in your supply. Communicate with your suppliers and find out what's going on. When can you expect delivery? Okay, and, and make sure you've got some alternative strategies in place. You may need to look at alternative suppliers or maybe uh, you know, look at alternative products to sell that you can source locally. Find out what other business owners are doing um, and, and also look at local suppliers. So just like we have issues with suppliers, what about your customers? What about your customers? Because your business is good and, and your customers have been buying from you, but what about their customers? Do you sell business to business or business to consumer? Okay, what about the businesses that you're selling to? What are their business, what are their customers like? How are their customers traveling? You need to keep an eye on what is happening with your customers. Do you have a high reliance on a single customer or a small group of customers? If you do, you've got a higher risk. You need to be more aware of this and, and keep a close eye on it. What happens to one of those key customers? If one of those key customers is not able to continue in business, it really affects your ability to trade. You've lost a lot of your revenue and your cash flow. So what happens to that situation? If one of your key customers closed down and wasn't able to buy from you, how would your business survive? If you have a high reliance on a single customer, you need to look beyond that and start focusing on acquiring other customers. So you need to have a strategy to do that. If you're selling to consumers, how will they be affected once JobKeeper finishes? A lot of people are still dependent on JobKeeper and, and the related measures uh, for their cash flow, but when that dries up and their cash reserves are gone, will they still be able to spend money? So there's a lot going on. There's, we're not out of the woods yet. We still have a lot to do in terms of planning and managing and growing our businesses, but we should always be working on our businesses. We should always be looking on planning for how we're going to run better, more efficient, more profitable businesses in the future. Yeah, there's a lot that we need to manage going forward. Some of it's out of our control. We don't have control over the, the tax rules that are going to be put in place. Are they going to change the tax rates? Are they going to change some of the employment rules? Is super guarantee um, going to be increased? Are wage, minimum wages going to be increased? We don't have control over that, but we do have control over a lot of things in our business. And we need to make sure that we've got a plan in place, that we're monitoring what's going on in our business regularly, and we're able to get good advice. So the key is know the rules, know the environment, understand your business, and get help from qualified professionals. So to get beyond the end of JobKeeper and government concessions, you need to have a plan now for how you're going to move forward. Can't rely on that funding from government. You need to be able to run a profitable business, irrespective of whether you're getting incentives from the government or not. Your business needs to be profitable. If your business isn't profitable, then it might be time to have that hard decision about whether you continue in business and whether you would be better off um, seeking employment. But the time is to have a look at your business now and decide how is your business going to survive in the next 12 months and beyond? What plans do you have in place? And how are you going to be profitable going forward? Thanks for listening. Do you have a question you'd like our team of experts to answer? If you do, send your question to podcast at thebusinessbehindyourbusiness.com. To hear more from The Business Behind Your Business, don't forget to subscribe using your favourite podcast player. 
or you can visit thebusinessbehindyourbusiness.com website.